Hey, it's uh, good to see everyone here. My name is Ryan. I'm the lead pastor here at Radiant Life, and uh, we're kicking off our fall series together titled Starting Over, and this is going to be a five-part series. Today is going to be that, well, kick off to it, and then uh, for the next several weeks, we'll dive into our regrets because it's a shared common emotion that we all have. We all carry regrets with us. Some of us, we carry big regrets. Others, they're kind of small. Some of our regrets that we carry this morning are current regrets, things that we even did perhaps just this morning or yesterday or the past week. For others of us, regrets are that big one was so far long ago. But it's a shared common emotion, regrets. In fact, in fact, we need to turn to our neighbors and say, you're not alone. So turn to someone around you and say, you're not alone. Turn to the other person and be louder because they, they need to hear it again. Turn to someone else and say, you're not alone. Hey, I want to say, though, if I'm on the bottom of your connection card, we're going to celebrate baptism the last week of starting over. So that's uh, the second week in October's baptism. So what a great way to wrap up a series on regrets, regrets, regrets and starting over than new birth and baptism. So if you're interested in taking your next steps, you can all, all, always circle B. But I decided to be risky, and I asked my wife this past week, I said, honey, is there any regrets that you think I have? And... That's always scary when you do that. You don't know what answer you're going to get back. And she's like, yeah, you remember the one time when we went to the Smoky Mountains and you grabbed that rock and smashed it on the other rock and it shattered into pieces and you cut your daughter underneath the eye. You remember that? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> you're no fun. I'm going to go ask the kids. So I go to the kids and I ask uh, my son and daughter, that were there, I said, you guys, do I have any regrets, anything that you guys think as a dad that I, I should regret? And my daughter said, yeah, dad, remember when we went to play? They were so quick to point out regrets, though. <laughs> I don't get it. And we went out, and she's like, remember when we played tennis this summer? I was like, yeah, because I, I love tennis. I played in high school. I coached it. And when I was in college, I, I loved tennis. And I was like, yeah. And I'm really competitive on the tennis court. I don't like to just go out with kids and hit the ball. Like, I need someone who can actually return it back at me with some velocity to the ball. And I was playing with the kids, and one, my daughter hit it over. She's like, remember, Dad, when you just turned to the side and you hit that ball? And I was like, yeah, I had so much top spin on it. It was a great shot. She goes, but, Dad, you hit Braden in the face. <laughs> I said, yeah, sweetie, I don't regret that, though, because he was in the way. He swung, he missed it, it hit him in the face. There's nothing I can do about that, right? <laughs> but we all have regrets. Some we can laugh at, some we can't. In fact, there's a website out there called secretregrets.com that you can go and post your regrets. Real website. Maybe those regrets that you don't want to verbalize in front of other people. And here are three that I found on this website. I regret marrying my husband just three weeks ago. I should have called it off before I walked down the aisle. I'm 23 and just haven't had the time to learn to love myself yet. It's a heavy regret. Second one, my biggest regret, one that plagues me in my waking moments and some sleeping moments, is that when I was given the opportunity to go to USC for screenwriting, I didn't take the chance. Regret it. And then lastly, I regret not telling people how he hurt me. Now, if he is hurting other people, 
It's my fault. See, regrets is something that we all carry with us. And this morning, I'm sure as you are thinking of regrets that you have, uh, this series, I hope, is going to be helpful to you. I pray that it would give us new birth, it would give us new hope in Jesus Christ if, as we look at our regrets. And some are going to be gut-wrenching. Some of us are going to bring back those horrible memories that we did not want to bring back up. But the thing is, we haven't given it over to God yet. And that's what this series is about. So if you're a note-taker, um, we're going to categorize into there's three types of regrets that we all suffer with. So if you're note, here's your note taker. Number one, regrets of action. Regrets of what? These are these regrets that we do and we just want to hit ourselves on the forehead and say, oh man, why'd I do that? That was just dumb, right? These are moments of lies that we've told, relationships we've torpedoed, dumb choices we've made, and don't turn to your neighbor and look at them, rage we've unleashed, money we've blown, these are addictions that we fed. This category of regrets is the largest and most common type of regret. Regrets of what again, church? Regrets of action, type one. There's another type of uh, regret that we encounter in life. If we've got uh, regrets of action, what do you think the next action or uh, regret is? Inaction or reaction. Y'all are good. Regrets of inaction. These are those moments where we missed opportunities, whether we just didn't want to dive in or fear held us back, whatever it is, it's, we've missed opportunities. We've wasted time. We didn't take risks when we needed to. Love that we left unexpressed. Words not spoken. Forgiveness that we've withheld from people. And psychologists will say, early on in life, we'll suffer more with regrets of action but later on in life, we realize how big this is. I wish I had done better in my marriage. I wish I would have not been so harsh on my kids. I missed all those opportunities to be there for my kids, and now that time's gone. Later in life, we suffer more with regrets of inaction. In fact, the Book of Common Prayer has a prayer. It's a wonderful book. If you struggle with prayer, I would highly recommend it just to help you in your prayer life. It has a prayer of this idea of regressive inaction. And it says this, Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against thee in thought, word, and deed by what we have done, regressive action, and by what, can we read those four words together? We have left undone. Regressive in action, things to realize that we just, we just didn't do it. And we look back and say, we missed it. So we have regrets of action, regrets of inaction, and the third regret is regrets of what? Regrets of reaction. This is where horrible things are done to us. They're not our fault at all. It's just we live in a broken world full of sin and broken people, and things happen to us. This could be the car accident you were in. It wasn't your fault, but you remember that horrible incident and you regret it. This could be the neglect that you had as a child or the abuse that you had. It wasn't your fault, but you look back on your past and say, I regret all of that that's happened to me. The illness or disease that you got, the rejection you felt, the betrayal you experienced, 
perhaps none of it on your own doing. Someone else's horrible decision on you, but still looking back, you deeply are in pain and you regret it. In fact, clinical research says when we suffer with regret, which again, you got to turn to your neighbor right now and say, you're not alone. alone. Turn to your other one, tell them they're not alone either. Here's the issue that clinical psychologists will say with our regrets is we get stuck in a sorry cycle. We have a longing that's out there. And I'm going to tell you, if, this is, if you're a follower of Jesus or not a follower of Jesus, this message is for you. I hope you become and move towards following Jesus. But we have a longing that we go and allow the world just to fill in all these things in our lives. And then when we do it, maybe we drink too much or have premarital sex or we go off the crazy end or do crazy things and feed addictions, we end up regretting it in the long run. And then we look back and say, I was just empty. I had a longing there to be with someone. And it goes back to longing. And then those emotions come up again and we go back to regretting it. And it's just this sorry cycle that we find ourselves in. And clinical psychologists will say, we get stuck right here with our emotions. And they have a word for it. It's called rumination. Rumination is this idea that like a cow is chewing on its chud, just over and over, just chewing and chewing. And psychologists will say, that's what we do with regrets. We just sit there and we think about them and think about them. And then we may move on for hours and come back and we think about them again and think about them. Here's what one clinical psychologist says about regret. Regret can have damaging effects on the mind and body. When regret turns into rumination and a self-blame, it keeps us from fully engaging in life. Church, we suffer from regret. And in this series, as we kick off this morning, I want to ask you a question to think about. What regret did you bring in here this morning? What regret are you carrying? We're carrying regrets of action, regrets of inaction, and regrets of reaction. We're all carrying something. What are you carrying? And this morning... As we, we're going to look into a story of, of a guy who regretted what he did and how Jesus completely helped him start over. I want us to learn throughout this series for the next week, we're going to learn to recognize our regrets. So will you repeat after me, say recognize. recognize. That's next week. The following week, we're going to learn to release our regrets. Let me hear you say release. And then uh, fourth week, we're going to learn to allow how God redeems our regrets. So let me hear you say redeem. So we have recognize, release, and redeem. So all you people that like like the same letters, you know, R, 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 there you go, all right? Recognize, release, redeem. We're going to learn that whole process, and we're going to learn that Jesus Christ died on that cross so you can start over. So you don't have to get stuck in that sorry cycle, and we just sit there and think about our regrets. Jesus is so much bigger than what we had faced, and Jesus wants you to start over. I truly believe that deep down in my heart and what I read in his word. There's a starting over process and Jesus did not die on the cross for you to just carry all this with you. 
So we're going to jump into God's Word this morning. So if you have a Bible, your phone, or tablet, here are two places we're going to look at in the Newer Testament. Luke chapter 22 is our first scene of a guy that we're going to look at, Peter, what happened. And then we're going to look at John chapter 21, um, another incident, scene two, where Jesus meets with Peter. So if you're there, in your Bible, it'll be on the TV as well. Turn to someone and say, you're not alone. And turn to another person that you haven't spoken yet this morning. Say, I love you. That may be awkward, right? <laughs> that was, that, you know, sometimes words just come out before you think of that. That was one of those moments. Hey, turn to someone else and say, you're not alone. Here's why I want us to keep saying you're not alone as you continue to turn there. Mark those two pages. It's because we're thinking of regrets and we have some very painful things on our mind right now. You are not alone. You are not alone. Don't think you're the only one that has gone through it. You're not. So I want everyone to walk away knowing you are not alone. So Luke chapter 22, and um, I'm going to pray and we're going to jump in to let God just speak to us this morning. So let's let's bow our heads and pray together. Father God, as we look into this story, uh, my heart and my cry for all of us here in this room at Radiant Life, is that we would just be encouraged by your spirit, that you would challenge us where we need to be challenged, and knowing that we're not alone in all of our pain and all of our regrets that we have in our life, that you are there walking with us through it all. So I pray as we kick off this series, that your hope would just come into our hearts, your spirit would come invade our hearts and our minds, Knowing, God, you are a God of redemption. You are the God of restoration. You are the God of starting over. May we rest in that this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Luke chapter 22 begins with a scene, and closer to the end of it, about a fire. We know there's a guy by the name of Peter standing by a charcoal fire. Peter is this guy that is one of the leaders of the 12 disciples, those that are closest to Jesus. Peter's, we know he's married because 80% of Jesus' ministry has been around the Sea of Galilee, and Peter's mother-in-law is there in Capernaum. And we enter the scene with a lot of tension in the air. As you sit and look, that this guy by the name of Peter is by a charcoal fire and the smoke that fills his nostrils. He just got done telling Jesus, I will follow you to the death. And now he sits there as innocent bystanders wondering what's going to happen next to Jesus. And Jesus is taken into court. And they're out at night or early morning around this fire just getting warm. The smell filling his nostrils. And we're told a little servant girl comes up to him and says, hey, you know this Jesus, don't you? Peter says, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know this Jesus. He's around the fire as again the smoke continues to fill his nostrils. Another man, scripture tells us, comes up and says, hey, you were with him. You were, and he says, I don't know him. 
In fact, Scripture tells us he cursed in that moment. Peter says, I don't know this Jesus. He's around the fire and a third person comes up. You have that accent of a Galilean. You have to know Jesus. I don't know who he is. And in fact, we're going to read this in Luke chapter 22. It says, at the moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Suddenly, the Lord's words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny me three times. You will deny three times that you even know me. Imagine he's hearing this word. He looked to Jesus around this fire as it burns and the smoke is filling his nostrils. And then it says this. And Peter left the courtyard. What, friends? Weeping bitterly. Can you imagine the regret that Peter must have felt? Because next, Jesus is going to get tried. He's going to get beaten and flogged. He's going to get the crown of thorns shoved on his head. He's going to go to the cross and die. And yet Peter, who followed Jesus everywhere he went for three and a half years, sits around the fire as he smells the fire and denies him three times. I don't know him. Finally, he leaves the courtyard weeping bitterly. And do you smell the fire yet, church? Imagine Peter smelling that, knowing it's full of regret. I did that. You know, you and I can really feel Peter's shoes. Because we know what the sting of regret is in our lives. But the good news of Jesus Christ is Jesus didn't want him there. So turn with me to John chapter 21 as the smoke billows in here. There is, we will be able to get this out in a moment, but just bear with it because allow the smell to embrace you right now. Turn to John chapter 21. Jesus is not going to allow Peter to remain there in his regrets. As you turn to John chapter 21, I want to show you a picture, privileged to go to the Sea of Galilee a couple of years ago. And this is the spot where they believe the story that we're going to look at takes place. The disciples are out on the boat fishing with Peter. Peter's, one of Peter's last inter- interactions was the smell of the fire and him denying Jesus three times. And all of a sudden, the disciple says, hey, there's a figure on the shore here. It's possible that's Jesus. And here's where we pick up in Luke chapter 21, verse 7. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him. For he had taken it off and what, friends? Jumped into the water. He's like, see it, you guys? Whoop! And then he's gone. And then I love what John writes next. Here's what John says. The other disciples followed in the boat. He's like, we're the smart ones. (laughs) Go ahead, jump. We're rowing. (laughs) We're staying dry. And imagine what Jesus experiences when he gets on the shore. Or what Peter experiences when he gets on that shore. Because there Jesus is around a fire. There's only two charcoal fires ever mentioned in Scripture. 
And one guy has been around him both times. It's Peter. The first time the smell of all this was pain, was the burden of regret. And now there Jesus is with Peter. And imagine when he stepped up on the shore and Peter walked up and he smelled the flames and the fire. You wonder if Peter wasn't taken back to that other fire where he denied Jesus three times. And Jesus is going to serve them breakfast. He's going to, they're going to have fish together. And in John chapter 21, verse 15, Jesus is going to have a conversation with Peter that goes this way. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Peter's response, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Then feed my lambs. Not once, not twice, but three times, Jesus says, Peter, do you love me around the fire? The same smell that entered his nostrils when he put that pain of regret of denial. And the smell that's coming, because smells bring up memories. The smells in our lives, they bring up emotions. When I smelled turkey cooking, that disgusting white meat that's dry and just nasty, I'm reminded of Thanksgiving, though, with family. It brings you back to a place. Or when I smell hot chocolate, I'm reminded of being a little boy and school's off because of snow and going out playing in the snow until you can't feel your fingers anymore, right? And you go, <laughs> one person's excited about not feeling their fingers. And then you go inside and there's hot chocolate and marshmallows. Or the smell of candles burning, of that Mmm, that cookie candle smell. That smells so good. It reminds me of Christmas time. Smells bring up emotions. And here Jesus says three times, do you love me? Three times Peter denied him. You know what number three represents in Scripture? Wholeness, completeness, and healing. Three denials, and then Jesus is around the fire. I have three questions. And I love what Jesus does. He doesn't sit there and say, Peter, let's rehash what happened in the courtyard. I was really disappointed in you. Yeah, he could have handled that a little better. Remember, Peter, you just told me you were going to go to death with me, and then you denied me. No, instead, Peter says, or Jesus says to Peter, I want you to know I love you so much. And you still have purpose no matter what happened around that fire in the courtyard. And I want you to know this morning, if you're dealing with regrets of action, know this, Jesus absolutely is in love with you. And you are not defined by those regrets of the past. And if you're suffering with regrets of reaction, God's not done with you. He still has purpose for you. And if this morning you are suffering with regret of inaction, I want you to know that God is saying, I love you, I adore you, you are my child. And I want us to walk away believing this deep down in our heart, is that with Jesus, your regrets aren't finish lines, but what, friends? 
Come on, one more time with more passion, because I love passion. With Jesus, your regrets aren't finish lines, but starting lines. So many times in our lives, we have a painful thing that happened in the past, and we regret it. Whether it's a regret of action or reaction or inaction, we regret it, and we think we're just done. But I want to tell you, Jesus is bigger than that. And he wants you to start over and have the life that he's planned for you. Journalist uh, Catherine Schultz says this, regret doesn't remind us that we did badly. It reminds us that we can do better. But we get so stuck thinking regret is our finish line. With Jesus, you're going to learn to start all over. And when we view regret as the finish line, then we're telling God things are impossible for you. My regret is bigger than your character, God. And that's not true. Last time I read and I've been to Israel and I, 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 the tomb was empty. The tomb was empty. Celebrated every year. Like I said, every Sunday ought to be Resurrection Sunday. We've got the greatest news right here living inside of us. I'm starting to sweat. It's getting hot. The fire probably didn't help either. Fire didn't help. As we launch into this series, and I hope this smoky smell doesn't make you sick, but reminds you, like, like Peter, that was the purpose, like Peter, that regrets aren't finish lines, but they're starting lines. And no matter what regret you carry in this morning, God still loves you and you still have purpose in life. And we're going to unpack our regrets for the next four weeks and we're going to celebrate with new life in baptism the last week of this series. I'm so excited for this fall for Radiant Life for you. Then we got some guest speaker, a guest speaker coming in in October. We're going to worship with our hands, another worship with our hands. If you were here last October, we're going to do that together. And then we're going to work our way through the entire Bible called Puzzled starting in November. And then we're going to do an awesome two-week Christmas thing of when Peter, the guy that we've been talking about, says, in the fullness of time Jesus was born. What is the fullness of time? Why was Jesus born when Jesus was born? That's just excitement stuff. All right, geeky stuff. All right, let's back to this, right? Here we go. Uh, praise team, you can make your way, way up. What I love about this last conversation that Jesus had with Peter is he ends with two words in John. This is what Jesus says to Peter after all. Those two words, can we repeat that out loud together? Follow me. Follow me. After the pain that you denied me, after everything that you did, after the regret that you carry, two words for you people, follow me. And Peter believes in the love and hope of Jesus Christ. He goes out and helps this Jesus movement that we follow in the book of Acts the actions of the early church, knowing Peter goes, who so cowardly denied Jesus, speaks with great boldness, and 3,000 people enter into a relationship with Jesus in one day. 
Then he gets arrested and he adds, he's still speaking, and he adds 2,000 more people. And Peter writes a letter that you and I have in our scripture called 1 Peter. And this is what he says. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us, what are these two words? New birth into a living hope. Church, who better to write that than the one that stood around the fire and denied who Jesus was? Experiencing all the regret that life has to offer. And then he writes and he says, no, 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 no. Your regrets aren't finish lines. There's new birth with Jesus Christ. And with new birth, there comes a living hope. And Peter says, that's what I praise God for right there. And I hope this morning as we kicked off our series that we just really believe in our souls. That Jesus is bigger than everything we face. We'll face our battles. We'll face mountains. Sometimes I think God has me on the highest mountain that I'm trying to climb. And I was like, God, can you give me a little smaller mountain right now? And I'll make mistakes along the way. But I'm going to say, God, what can I learn from it? You're not done with me. Start over again. I want to pray for you. Can you just, everyone bow their head and close their eyes. And I'm going to have us stand in a moment, but I want us to really think, what did you carry in here this morning? What pain, what regret, what burden are you carrying in? That the Holy Spirit's just speaking into your heart and saying, no, 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 let's start over. Allow new birth to come forth with me. And with all eyes still closed and heads are bowed, I'm going to ask us to just one at a time, then I'm going to pray at the end, just to stand up when if you're dealing with a regret of action, that you just know you have messed up and that regret has weighed heavy on your heart. And you're reminded of that regret. I'm going to ask you to stand up on that right now, if you will. If you bring in, in church, I'm standing up on that one. I'm going to ask for those that are suffering with that regret of inaction. Feel like you just missed it. Whether it was fear or just opportunities, wasted time, I'm going to ask you if that's what you carry in this morning with all eyes closed still, will you stand up if you're bringing a regret of inaction with you this morning? And if you are bringing in a regret of reaction, wondering why does this happen to me? I wasn't even my fault, but I'm regretting what has happened. I'm going to ask you to stand up this morning. And if you're just carrying any regret with you, relationally, spiritually, financially, in your health, will you just stand up? Because we're all carrying something this morning. And friends, I want to remind you with still eyes closed, I would be standing up on all three of those. But I know the God I serve is God bigger than all of it. Everyone, will you just please stand? And I want to pray for you right now. 
Father, regret is a painful, painful thing. It's an emotion that we all share together. Researchers say that as little as a nine-year-old can experience regret. Some of our regret hurts so deeply. Regrets that we have done, regrets that people have done to us, and we were just innocent in the whole thing. But Father, would you reach down into our hearts and speak in and remind us that we are still loved. Remind us that you still have purpose for us. Remind us that the pain and the regrets that we face are not finished lines, but you're ready to give us a starting line, a new birth into a living hope. And Jesus, we just soften our hearts for the next four weeks as we continue to unpack this idea of starting over. God, you are good. In Jesus' name, amen.